I'm Will Hedger. And I'm Jordan Schaffer. And this is Dog Ears and Timestamps, a book club, a book club podcast. Dude, this book, this is probably the most I've enjoyed, you know, re-listening to this book. Yeah? Yeah. There were like no down, there were no bummers. I mean, even Serious Dying, which is kind of, it's almost, it happens so abruptly, it's like almost like it doesn't happen. And then right. you have to sit in it later and <clears throat> and then realize like, oh, no, that, that did happen. We lost like a whole character. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, just because he like falls through a mirror and then then we're done. Right. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, it's a really confusing uh, death in the book. Yeah. It's pretty confusing. It's a little, it's pretty cut and dry in the movie. Yeah. Because Bellatrix, you literally hear and watch her cast the Avada Kedavra and it hits him. So it's like, okay, well, he's dead. Yeah. And then he also falls through the arch. But in the book, he doesn't get, she doesn't do Avada Kedavra. He gets hit by what's described as a, a white light. Mm-hmm. So we know it's not Avada Kedavra. So it's, he's not dead from the spell, but he falls into the arch. And so that's what kills him. Yeah. What we're supposed to believe or whatever. Yeah. And that must obviously be the only explanation because he never comes back. They never explain it as like, oh, it's another realm or something, you know? Yeah, that's just the 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 doorway to death. Yeah. <laughs> you go in through the, it, you're in dead. The death chamber. Yeah. You now get sent to another dimension. That's a uh, that's how Vegeta used to kill people in Dragon Ball Dragon Ball Z. Oh, yeah. He'd be like, I'm going to send you to another dimension. <laughs> and then he'd blow him up. What if they come back, Vegeta? Well. And they'll be mad at you. Well, he'll just do it again. Send him back. Just send him back. And then the dragon can't wish him back because the earth dragon was limited. That's true. So we go to Namek. Yep. <laughs> Dude. Uh, yeah, so... um. So what do you think about this book as a whole? Do you enjoy it? Do you, do you still think it's, it's your a, least favorite? Do you like it better this time? Or I like it. I mean, I enjoyed it more than the whatever previous time I read it. Okay. I'm pretty sure. But, you know, that was a long time ago. So, I, you know, I can't really trust that assessment. But it's still definitely my least favorite. Okay. By a fairly wide margin, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's for the same reasons that, you know, I mentioned yesterday, yesterday, last week, um, just Umbridge is just such a bad villain. She's just a cartoon. Oh, dude. And she was getting more and more corrupted as we were going on. Like she was interrogating Harry at one point. And and like, I I remember specifically trying to pay attention to her getting corrupted because we Mm -hmm. talked about it last week. And like, I'm pretty sure that it was just. Like it was just slowly, you could see it. Like she got this smirk on her face, and then she was like, "I'm gonna have to torture him. I'm gonna have to do this." Right? Yeah. And she's like into curse. it or whatever. Yeah. He's like, "Okay, like we get it. You're evil. Like cool." Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's, so, I don't know. Just to say something is just evil because it's evil is, you know, what you do in children's books, and this is a children's series. You know, there's not complicated enemies in children's series usually. I get that. Uh, but she just seems to be evil for evil's sake, and I really think that that's dumb. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, she, I understand her being like the antagonist, but right, like there's got to be a bad guy, obviously, for sure. But I don't hate Voldemort as a bad guy. Like mm-hmm. everything about Vol, I think that Voldemort is one of the you know better examples of a bad guy in a long-winded series like this, right? Uh, 
but umbridge i'm just like i just i can't believe anything about you you know you're just kind of out of place to me she just doesn't seem to fit everything else i feel like everything else about the whole the book the series in general is just Mm -hmm. so much better than that than having somebody who's just evil for evil's sake yeah and then she gets malicious and like super yeah. dark and yeah she's not just she's not just the antagonist she becomes right. like the like a, a super twisted evil character which is weird and then and then at the end of the, at the end of this section it's like we assume that she just has this mental breakdown and and can't handle herself but like mm-hmm. by the next by in like 2 years she's back to like in charge of everything it's just yeah yeah, it's, I, it's bizarre that she, because as, like as a character, you would, she works for the ministry, right? Like, how did she get that far? Like, she's obviously very capable. She cares about something. She blood. believes in something, you know, pure blood. And <laughs> yeah, uh, and so like she she lived that life, right? I don't really see how you can take somebody who very obviously did all that sort of thing and just make them just the evil thing. And then come back to them and like, but and then put them through that life again, where they had to right. go back and make it up into the ministry and blah blah blah. You know, it's just kind of if if she's being revealed to just be evil for evil's sake, how does then she make it back in? It it makes you know? sense why she stays so evil because all of her assumptions about like other races are confirmed, <laughs> pretty much because. She doesn't think what she's doing is wrong when she yeah. get, when she runs into the centaurs and stuff. Like right. she doesn't think she's being she truly disrespectful. That yeah. Stuff. yeah. So so when they like, who knows what they did to her? I'm imagining. No, no, like. It must be just like. They probably some just tied her up or, or something. something. Like yeah, that. like. Yeah, not like any sort of like severe torture, but like you know maybe maybe she didn't eat for a while. <laughs> oh yeah, I doubt they fed you her. Know. Uh, probably wasn't treated very carefully. I'm sure anytime they needed to move her, they just threw her or something like that, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, just very, very rough prisoner of war style shit. Uh, yeah, I'm sure they just slapped her around too because she sucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you think centaurs are vegan? I would bet so. Yeah, me too. I'm not, I can't see them. Well, I mean, they have bows and stuff, so I, c- I guess I could see them Yeah, hunting yeah like that makes a, sense I, a deer but i guess i don't know could, we never go to like a centaur barbecue right or yeah we never really <laughs> learned anything about them i would say that in general i would be i would lean towards centaurs being uh you know vegetarian yeah at least yeah in most in most mythoses yeah mythoses. Dude, how cool is forensics class <laughs> the one class that we have where he just speaks in total vagueness. Oh, then... <laughs> dude, it's so much better, though, than Trelawney. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. He's at least, you know, posing interesting thought experiments, but... Uh, I love how he's just, just like... Yeah, I love how Harry, like, his assessment of the class was just kind of forensic saying, like, most of the time humans don't have a knack for seeing this, the, the, the stories in the stars and stuff, yeah. so don't be discouraged if you if you don't see the... <laughs> right. You can't figure yeah. it out. Which is pretty much what Trelawney said the whole time, too, but she was, like, doing all mystical and, like, I guess giving everyone hope that they could be, like, a seer, too, but, like... Right. I don't yeah. know. She, she always... She was very dramatic. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, and Forenzi was very realistic, and he's just like, you probably can't tell what we're, we're seeing, but... Right. And even we get it wrong. 
So what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> so like, I don't know. There's some sort of like mild version of nihilism. I don't really know what it is, though. <laughs> what else do we see? We saw the OWLs. We saw the uh, oh, yeah. pensive with Snape going back in time. I was thinking about it. Not back in time, but like back, back into, into his, his memories. memories yeah. um, I was thinking about it, too. And the way that Harry uses Snape's memory. Hmm would be so addictive to go back and like re dude like if i could go back to certain memories and just like follow other people that were around me oh, but like yeah, dude sure. i would be so curious what was going on. i just i feel like that's how is the pensive not something that people get addicted to and I'm, it's also an odd thought because the the memories are your memories, right? So they're your interpretation of what happened. So did Snape hear all of that? Yeah. Did he hear every little thing that was said and whispered between the you know the four of them? Is that why? Is that why James was so? Uh, like, is that why Harry didn't even like James because it was Snape's See, I memory? I think that's definitely part of it. Ooh, I believe that for sure. I never I was even definitely considered about that. that. I literally haven't ever considered that before. But it, I don't really see. I was just like, memories are pure. They're white and silver and gold. <laughs> like, that's what we always learn. Is right. I think the only <laughs> so, time that we ever see somebody, like, even try to alter a memory is in the coming book. Oh, dude, I can't and wait. It's like Potions very class obviously gets so modified. cool, too. Yeah. Potions, uh, Potions class, is class is all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome now. And yeah. dude, it's like, I really think potions would be such a cool class to act, to be good at. Oh, 100%. And the fact that Snape. I think I would love it. Uh, yeah, and that's why I if actually I cared more about school. Or I guess if I had seen like the actual practical application of chemistry, I probably would have really liked chemistry too. Well, yeah, I mean, but if I we was were... like, I'm never going to be able to do anything with this, dude. If you and I went to magic school, though, I feel like we would instantly see the, the practical application. Yeah, and be for like, sure. Yes, let's learn. It seems dude. like every single thing that they are learning at Hogwarts is going to be directly implemented into their adult lives, like every day. Yeah, and we except know, for like I guess definition and maybe like arithmetic is probably not necessary, but <laughs> yeah, but and we know too that like there are no laws in the wizarding world. Basically, yeah. <laughs> like you can get away with anything. No one gives a shit. <laughs> Luna Lovegood's mom killed herself by trying to experiment with new spells. Like surely, <sighs> like the creation of spells must be heavy, heavily re regulated, right? You would think. Well, it did yes, and and, and th this goes back to our other conversations we've had. Like, is are they dark arts now because she's making up spell? Is it dark until it's ministry regulated? Right. Yeah. What's that definition? <sighs> what What makes your spell go from dark to good? I also feel like some of the dark arts are like it's it's a shame to use the word curse because Harry even says it in this turn in this in this section. He's like uh, when when Snape goes. Be, so like after all of the stuff at the ministry happens, Harry's mm. like walking through the corridors or whatever right, by himself. Right. And then Malfoy mm. uh, and Crabbe and Goyle like walk up and, and then Snape busts like Harry about to like hex them and stuff. Yeah. And then Harry even says like, I was trying to figure out what curse to use. And it's just like, it's a shame that the word curse is used for any like jinx or counter jinx or hex or whatever. Like there's so many words 
that I guess just may, maybe mean the same thing as far as we know, but yeah. they must mean something more intricate in the actual world. Right, there world. must be differences between them. Yeah, because I feel like curse has a negative connotation because like curse word, like I guess that's the only reason I think it has yeah. a negative connotation because it's something maybe more foul. And like when you, when I think of like a curse, like if you actually cursed me, I would think that that would be something maybe beyond Madame Humphrey's um, abilities, or maybe right. or maybe that's the reason. Like it took Hermione and, and Ron like weeks to recover after battling um, the like the people from um, like the, uh, oh yeah after the, the Death Eaters, and all that. <laughs> the, Death yeah. e- the people from the Death Eaters from, <laughs> from Voldemort's team. Yeah, yeah, I think that. I, I think that maybe the delineation is it's like charms and curses and those are like the two parent groups of um what's the phrase that i'm looking for uh, like, you know like types of applicable magic that you cast upon things or whatever charms and charms and curses, curses. and then within those are trees of spells like cause okay. like hexes and jinxes and yeah i guess uh, i feel else. like everything like, falls under the classification of a charm right or or curse like i think that those are two sides of the same coin and then but is but but is a okay i guess i guess a charm and a curse could technically be the same thing like if if i if i cursed you with the Mm -hmm. that like the happiness charm or whatever what is the charm the 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 joy like they just it was part of their owl yeah (laughs) um the cheering charm. Oh, yeah, there you go. So if yeah. I did like a, if I did just a badass cheering charm on you, but you didn't want the cheering charm, like you could technically consider that a curse, right? So like, are all curses? We're getting down to the maybe nitty- I would. We're maybe getting I, to the nitty gritty, <laughs> right? Are, are we trying to like build a deposition here? The that I mean that would be like an attack, but I think by, but would would it be a curse because you didn't want to be happy and i'm hitting you with a cheering charm and then you're like be- because i'm leaving you with a long lasting cheerfulness that you mm-hmm. have to literally wait until yeah, you're done right. like we learned that like well that would be a negative year, situation yeah in the same so, way that most curses would be a negative situation so you could use a cheering charm in a battle even and make somebody just like overrun with the giggles. Conceivably, yeah. <laughs> uh, dude, I would be the most annoying dueler probably because I'd be like cheering charm. <laughs> the super badass cheering charm. Uh, uh, the 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 bubble he- the bubblehead <laughs> charm or whatever, and then uh, I'd make yeah. like a fart happen in your <laughs> bubble head, and they'd be like, "Oh, I'm laughing," and I'm. <laughs> God, <laughs> I would be the worst dude. I would be. That's a biological warfare, man. That is, and then definitely dark arts. <laughs> just kidding ooh dark arts man I feel uh, just I hope that when we die <laughs> we get reborn in good Hogwarts into a living world <laughs> oh man they're pretty sweet be pretty into that idea I love Harry Potter so much man like it's it's so much fun to just kind of like live vicariously through them and experience right. just this, like this magical world. And there's so much like content. Except not so much in this book. <laughs> yeah, I and guess that's my biggest problem with. I don't remember if I mentioned this last week as well. 
in like why I, I have such a problem with this book. Um, and not really such a problem, but I don't really know how else to describe the, I don't really have any negative feelings about any of the other books, but I have like actual really negative feelings about this book. And it's that they, the, what we've said over and over again is the best part of this entire series is the world and Hogwarts and the experiences that happen because of the world. And this book takes away Hogwarts from you. And I think I did mention this. No, last you're right. Week. Yeah, it really does. It you know it takes away the best part of the whole series for basically the entire book. Yeah, and then um, it also uh, get- sort of unnecessarily kills Sirius, in my opinion. Yeah, we get a little bit of it back when like Harry teaches the class. In my opinion, like I I think that we get a little bit. There's of the flashes magic here back, and there, but yeah. but you're right. To like keep you sane. <laughs> <laughs> to keep the sanity. Um, yeah, man, it's in Fred and George's stuff. Like that was mm-hmm. that was cool. Yeah, and I love the fact that everyone retroactively—I learned that word—that <laughs> um, they all just like appreciate Fred and George's actual magical capabilities. <laughs> like, right. Even yeah. Flitwick is like, that was a good piece of magic. Right. Like, I'm gonna leave that. That's a good swamp. Yeah, that was a good swamp. <laughs> Damn, a swamp that you can just sell to somebody, like. Right. Like an inflatable swamp. <laughs> I know that's the wrong term, but like, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, yeah, that's man. pretty crazy. Magic's wild. I love that Fred and George are like even in, I know we, we shouldn't talk about the future books, but I just, I know that they're even open-minded to like going out with muggle girls. Like they just, they, oh, right, yeah. they <laughs> love life, you know? And it's, it's so, and I feel like them even being open-minded to go date muggle girls and stuff is I wonder what I wonder what how sorry to change my thought mid mid stream but like <laughs> do you think dating a muggle would be considered like in the magical world like oh of course like he went for a muggle because he could wow them so easily oh with, right because like once, would it be like a little cliche yeah or yeah like it would have that sort of a connotation yeah. to it It'd be like like oh, oh yeah. he the only reason I, I he got saying, that hot yeah. that hot wife is because she's a muggle <laughs> right yeah, i bet that that definitely does exist in, in different friend circles in the magic in the magical world yeah not in our but, our experience of the yeah. wizarding world i yeah i had never considered that until just now that's why i, I, had I bet to it stop. also really depends on whoever the individual is as well because if it's like the kind of person that like we would think like Oh, you know, John, he shows off all the time. Like, you know, that kind of person okay, would yeah, all be yeah, like, yeah. that kind of person would be the kind of person that you would then say, well, of course John dates muggles because he's always showing off to us and we know he's magical, you know? I would, I, yeah, I turned it into like, well, of course Neville dates a muggle. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, one but, of the weirdest things to me about all the, you know, wizarding muggle pair-ups that seem to happen you know the different students parents that we know mm-hmm. of and so forth and so on is that none of the muggle counterparts of that relationship know that their uh you know significant other is magical until, until the, after they're married because until you, their kid gets a, a letter from an owl yeah <laughs> That's or, how like so is the the witch or wizard just abandoning the wizarding world or is it <laughs> that it's a really long process to 
get permission from the ministry to reveal to this muggle what the wizarding world is there's because there, there has to be some sort of like there are no just, laws <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding right there's no some, that's like no the laws. one law don't tell muggles that it's yeah. real but then you're and like so obviously hey, you, you can't, can't tell like anybody. if you're a witch or wizard that you know dates muggles you know fairly regularly or whatever like obviously people don't stay with the same person the first person they ever get with mm-hmm. right so so they're going to go through maybe a couple of significant others that are muggles and a do muggle. all do all of them know about the wizarding world and then whenever you break with them you have to modify their memory <laughs> or what is where when do you get to learn about the wizarding world if you are unbeknowingly dating a witch or wizard when that's what when, i want to know when you have a kid you have that's a, kid a wizard it's his fucking owl <laughs> or a witch yeah <laughs> uh that's what it, you're right that's what it seems like but there's no way. Doesn't Seamus say that? Me dad's his dad a muggle. Me man's a when, witch. <laughs> Bit of a nasty shock for him shock when, when he found out. When he found out or whatever, but I don't know. I, I guess maybe there's no really reason for me to have interpreted it this way, but I always did. I'd interpreted that as being before maybe he was born. Is that why he didn't go? Is that why Seamus's dad wasn't at the Quidditch World Cup? Like he wasn't allowed? Because I would fucking <laughs> so want to go to the Quidditch World Cup as a muggle. That would be the fucking coolest. Yeah. Dude. I can't imagine something that would blow your mind more. Literally, yeah. There's <laughs> nothing possible that could ever exist that would ever blow your mind more dramatically than that than that experience would. Being that would a muggle be and that being your first. Like, maybe you went... To Diagon Alley once with he your must have just not wife, been allowed. But yeah, yeah. The or maybe Gran- he doesn't care. The Granger's maybe he's like Quidditch. That doesn't even make any sense. You catch the cinch in the game's over. That's dumb. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think I'd that, rather watch football. I think that the way that they moderate like Muggle-born kids, mud blood parents. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> but the way that the, like the Grangers or whatever they, they go to Diagon Alley, they go to the they're Gringos, there. They, they do have, everything. Yeah, Mister Weasley's like we have to have a drink together, and then right, dude, fire whiskey too. Literally like. I was, uh, Seamus and Dean were getting, uh, like potentially getting fire whiskey for the after party after their OWLs. Oh, right. And, yeah. uh, I, when I thought fire whiskey, I was like, is that why, like, fireball came out? Like, just the cinnamon <laughs> spice whiskey? The inspiration. Yeah. I'm sure it wasn't, obviously. I, I'm sure that was just the whole trend of, uh, like, cinnamon being the flavor of 2009, right, I think, you yeah. know, because. <laughs> Yeah, dude, everyone had that like Dentine Inferno or whatever, Dentine Fire. Oh, yeah, I forgot about dude, that. Dude, that hot ass spicy gum. <laughs> uh, and that's that's the closest closest I feel like we can get to fire whiskey or whatever. It, but like actual <laughs> right, fire yeah. whiskey, I imagine must, like in the movie, they make it like literally blow steam and shit out of your ears. But um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's probably what it does. It's magic. I can't, <laughs> why wouldn't right, it be yeah. able to do that, you know? <laughs> Uh, dude, we need to find some wizard, some witches to date. <laughs> and then we get, oh, Harry Potter's real. That's what it is. Yeah. Do you still get to go to Hogwarts when you're 30? No, we would have to be, live as, uh... oh, dude, we wouldn't even be able to live as good as squibs. Because you know Filch can go just down to Diagon Alley and, like, buy an inflatable swamp like he can buy just like he can buy shit to to he can buy magic stuff yeah like he right. he is allowed to know the magic world even though he's a muggle basically but if you're married to 
there, I mean, there has to be a point that once you get married, you can then start the paperwork for <laughs> allowing your muggle spouse to learn about your world. Yeah. Yeah. And I, because I, I, otherwise, like, you're basically giving up your life as a magic person. Yeah. And, and, and I think the, the thing I was saying about the Grangers earlier, I never got, I never finished my thought because mm. I, I think I just forgot it. But, um, I think the way that they moderate how, um, muggle born witches and wizards, like their parents don't tell mm. because they're just yeah. like, who would believe you? Like, remember when, when, uh, right, yeah. when, um, Fudge went to the, 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 the other minister, as he calls him. Mm-hmm. And uh, sorry, that's what the actual minister, like the muggle minister calls Phil, or Fudge, Phil, yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Um, the prime minister. Yeah, he calls him the other minister. But yeah. uh, but Filch even, <laughs> Jesus, Fudge <laughs> even says that as his thing, like, who would believe you? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's going to believe you that like a wizard came in through your painting. Yeah. <laughs> the painting you can't remove. I love that it's always just something that, there's no explanation to why you can't get it off. And then they're just like, ah, whatever. Right. <laughs> I don't want like to keep the, dealing with the, it. The clown painting in Jim Halpert's house. Exactly. That's what I was thinking as well. House. It's like in this clown painting that is apparently part of the structural integrity of this house. <laughs> is Jim, is Jim a, uh, a squib? <laughs> and they just let him live as a muggle. Right. He looks like that character. A squib. <laughs> What's uh, the deal with um, Vasher? Oh, I was just thinking about oh the Vasher. Yeah, what's the deal with Vasher? <laughs> I still don't know what the we deal still, with Vasher. We never is. figured that out. I never figured it out. No, what were you actually the, saying? <laughs> <laughs> um, the fireplaces, the flu network, in Hogwarts. Why is Sirius able to get into the Gryffindor common room? How is it so unexplainable that somebody could break into Hogwarts if the flu network works? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't at and all. He's doing it from Grimmauld Place, which is a place that is unplottable and, and is being secret kept. Like it shouldn't be on the flu network. How many people can make just a port key to Hogwarts too? Like is that only... It must only be Dumbledore. It must only like, be for the like same reason. Like only he can operate in. And like out. he's the yeah. secret keeper for Hogwarts, probably. Yeah, That's something like that. Yeah, explained it away. We figured it out. The but the, yeah, the flu network makes no sense. There's no reason that you would never at an actual boarding school you wouldn't just put a teleportation to the whole world portal in the dormitory yeah dude how do fred and george not just like buy a bunch of flu powder and then sneak off yeah. to everywhere it doesn't make any sense to me i don't understand it mm. dude i was thinking about my fanfic of charlie and uh bill oh okay mm. man it was so much fun because i just had them like <laughs> i had them basically being fred and george but like nobody knew that's why like they, they were more subtle yeah and it just seemed like they'd be a lot of like it seems like they're really close uh friend wise you know yeah. like just the fact that they were like fighting the two tables at the uh at the before the world cup yeah or was it after i think it was before i think you're right it was definitely that book though it was last book mm-hmm. last summer uh, i always loved that scene yeah every time i read that chapter i was like man that's so funny 
Like, these guys are so cool. <laughs> and, and I love and I love that Bill's like, oh, sorry, Percy. Right, <laughs> like, yeah. he's cool to his other brother that's a dork. Right, <laughs> like, his yeah. dorky brother. He's like, my bad. Like, yeah, like, he and, yeah, like, the, uh, Bill and Charlie are like, they, like, laugh at it. They're like, ha, fuck that guy, right? But they're still like, sorry, bro. And yeah, they're, like, no, they're like, like we'll, we'll, we'll play over there. Like, <laughs> I forgot that you're a nerd. <laughs> right? Like, they're cool and they're making fun of the not cool guy, but they're also, like, like nice cool guys <laughs> exactly yeah they're the best the weasleys are just the best family yeah 100 percent. they're definitely the uh one of the centerpieces of this franchise <laughs> <laughs> who do you think would be our our weasleys um well i mean we don't really know anybody with that many kids for one no that's true because they span so many generations as to be able to be that dominant in mm-hmm. the wizarding world, you know? Not span that many generations, but they um, the Palash- span so the many Palashics. years, you know? That's true. There's... But we just weren't in their clique. Yeah, <laughs> we, we just, just didn't weren't get to super experience them. them. <laughs> yeah, I was like way closer with Jason after school yeah, <laughs> than I was during school. school by far. Uh, now at this point, I haven't talked to him for a little while, but I mean, we used to hang out all the time when I was still living in Portland. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't really know. I don't know who we could say. I guess it must be the plastics, right? Because they had kids in several mm-hmm. grades. That For some stand. reason, I like, always I didn't know. I didn't know Bobby or um, Jake. That Not sounds Jake. right. Jake Jason. Is... No, that's the one we knew. Uh, Jake sounds right. Is it? Ah. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're like not, I didn't they're know not them, gonna but I knew <laughs> who they were, right? And right. then I knew Jessica. Just because she was the great above us, yeah, and and then obviously um, Jason and Jenny. I always thought of Blaze and Dakota as like the Weasleys for some reason, because like I guess just because they had two older brothers that like yeah. were so much older, right? And, yeah. But when I feel, I think I told Dakota one time, like I always imagined them their house like as the Weasleys because it was. Like they had remnants of like the older brothers, like the older rooms and stuff. Like mm-hmm. I didn't, I couldn't explain it that well as a kid, but I think Dakota like thought I was calling them like poor <laughs> and that's not what I meant at all. I just meant like how cool it was, like all their, just like it felt like. It was one of those houses that really feels like a home in, yeah. in sort of the same way that the borough feels like a home. There's just yeah. like, there's like stuff everywhere it was kind of hectic all the time. They had a. There was like, always something going on. Yeah, they had like a basketball hoop and like a, a cl- like a treehouse in the back and stuff. Like mm-hmm. they had a bi- like a relatively big backyard actually. Like now that I think about right, it, yeah. And yeah, I just so I definitely didn't mean it like offensively, but uh, but that's who I, I always can see kind that of imagined. Same feeling. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, and then they were twins, so I was just like, they're Fred and George. And then they, <laughs> their parents just stopped them before right, they we had, didn't get a Ron or Jenny. Yeah, they didn't. They were just like, we don't need to keep having kids until we get a girl. <laughs> right. Because they would have had another boy and then a girl. <laughs> right. And then they would have literally been the Weasleys. They're, yeah, that's all it is. Is that they just needed a younger brother and sister. I mean, and they would be the actual Weasleys. Yes. Yeah. I always that's that's who I always thought of for some reason. I mean, we we I can hung, see that comparison yeah. for sure. I never thought about that, but I don't know if I ever asked myself that question either. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, who who do you identify with in like our trio, Harry, Ron, and Hermione? 
Because Harry was hard to identify in this book. That's kind of like the identify with in this book is the only reason I I bring it yeah. up. Because like, not that he was this hard to identify with. This is one of the ones with. that I identify with him the most, actually. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Contrary to my general um, fondness of this book, I actually I, I uh, relate to Harry more in this one than all in a lot of them. Okay. Uh, just because of the the constant um, rage. And resentment of everybody and <laughs> uh, all those, you know, really terrible aspects of my personality. Uh, I really understand a lot of the way that Harry feels in this book. Okay. And certainly uh, whenever I was reading it, the first couple of times, I really uh, empathized and related to him. Um, maybe not the first couple of times, but uh, early, you know, early reads whenever I was still like in high school. Uh, I really had like a uh, almost like a persecution complex. I felt like people were constantly like out to get me. Hmm. And, you know, I was always like in trouble in school and blah, 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 and all that sort of stuff. So I guess I had some sort of reason to feel that way. But <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> and like you, none of my girlfriend's parents ever liked me and things like that. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was always like, okay, well, I get it. Grownups fucking hate my ass for some reason. And none of them trust me and blah, 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 blah. And Harry is going through that basically. With the exception of, you know, the ones that are close to him, like Sirius and so mm-hmm. forth. So I really sort of identified with Harry a lot um, almost every time that I read this. Whenever I think when because it came out when I was too young to really understand those feelings. And so okay. I, I think the first time I was probably like, I don't get you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then later readings, I was like, oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I. Generally speaking, though, he's not the character that I identify most mm-hmm. with. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's hard to, I guess, identify with one of them because I feel like the three of them encumber like the almost like perfect personality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, if you could just fuse all of them, I it's think that like they're, the, yeah, they're definitely all three of them are equally as important as mm-hmm. each other as far as the the series, right? So, yeah, I could see relating with them, you know, differently like throughout the books. And, yeah, yeah. I feel like I guess I always sort of relate with Harry the most, just he's the main character. Like I, I very easily can like put myself in their shoes for some reason, even though like my life was nothing like his. Right. Yeah, <laughs> but but I could I could see myself doing. Unfortunately, I could see myself being sort of like a. Uh, I don't I don't remember what they called Harry, but like how he was constantly like he was playing the hero. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. I could see was, myself yeah. kind of doing that, you know, mm-hmm. like putting myself not necessarily in positions that like I didn't belong, but like for sure playing the hero, you know, especially mm-hmm. if I, since since I'm Gryffindor. <laughs> <laughs> I think that if I generally speaking, I identify more with Hermione. Okay. Um, but like Hermione post Chamber of Secrets, like whenever she finally starts like remembering everything and, yeah. <laughs> uh, but like being a little bit more loose and i got you being willing to break rules and seeing that you know because like philosopher's stone hermione is like fucking she's like if you even think about breaking the rules you're a terrible person and you will Lame. die and blah, blah blah i felt like we were so much closer to the cusp of expulsion too. <laughs> like I felt like we were way closer to getting expelled <laughs> in the first year than we are this year. <laughs> right. For sure. The, I, and I think part of that is sort of the stakes of 
this being a new environment for everybody, mm-hmm. characters and readers, is that the the stakes feel a little bit different. They're yeah. definitely a little bit more heightened because we don't know what can be gotten away with yet. Uh, well, if Umbridge, I guess since she never officially became like the uh, headmistress. Thank you. I was going to say principal, but I couldn't remember <laughs> the right word. Uh, since she was like never, really, never officially like the headmistress, like she the school she, didn't recognize her, so she couldn't expel yeah. anybody. But if yeah, she would be was headmistress, she could just be like, "You're is out." Is admission based on is, like is the admission into Hogwarts spellbinding? Mm. I think that's the question there because if it, it truly be. is just like the ministry can expel you because they tried to expel Harry over the summer. Obviously. But they don't have jurisdiction, but yeah. she could uh, so, ministry decree number 30. Like the ministry declared her to be headmistress and replaced Dumbledore, but the school didn't accept her. Right. And so if, if admittance into Hogwarts is like a spellbinding contract that has to deal with the magic of the school, does that then mean that only the recognized headmaster or headmistress must- can pronounce an expulsion? Yes. Or begin whatever that process is, I guess. I don't know. Do you have to cast a spell to expel somebody? (laughs) (laughs) Expelliarmus. I have very few notes this week. Yeah, I didn't take any. Um, One is they're not prefects in the movie. Okay. Yeah, that cuts out a lot. I didn't realize in the first time that I watched it because we hadn't started reading it yet. I I always, with these three-part books, I'm a... Uh, watching the movie, reading, and then watching the movie again uh, to sandwich mm-hmm. them, and so I didn't pick it up on the first time. But last night when I was watching the movie, I was like, "Oh, no one, no one's a prefect. <laughs> Absolutely nobody is a prefect." Yeah, they're prefects don't exist. <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, and then two things in the last bits. Uh, what is the point of the revolving door room? Why does that exist? The revol- the revolving door room. Yeah. Oh, in the in the in, in, the, in the, the Department of Mysteries. Why? Do they have to deal with that every day they go to work? <laughs> the people on that floor do. <laughs> the revolving door room people have to. I maybe and I just thought about this. Maybe it's like that's how your assignment for the day is picked. Is that you go into that door, that room, and you just pick a door at random? Like, oh, okay, I'm in the brain room today. Yeah, what are the brain people working on? <laughs> are they just like it's the Department of Mysteries? They can't yeah. speak about it. But that room is just does or the, that hallway. I guess is how they describe it. Doesn't make any sense to me. Why do the doors have to revolve like that? That makes. And then like Harry is on the way out. He's like, how do I get out of here? And the door opens for him. And if that's the trick that you're supposed to know if you work there, why does that trick exist? Why can't you just know what door you're supposed to go to to get to your job for the day? Is the is the Department of Ministries also a magical building equivalent to the power of Hogwarts? <laughs> like you know, it like, has to be though. Yeah, it's, it's created with magic. It has to be. I wonder if that was her intent behind it. You know, like making another magical magically equivalent building mm. to hogwarts but the ministry of magic it's so weird though you're right like that the that she has like this revolving door room and, and then it's a really cool plot device but in but practicality i'm sort of like yeah that's the who's working there <laughs> it's like the door 
after the atrium into the Department of Mysteries. Yeah. And so you immediately are like, I don't know how to get to where I'm supposed to be today. <laughs> I feel like they must have, it's like in the, like in police, I'm sure this is a real thing too, but I'm thinking just police shows, like how they have just like all the files like in the basement or whatever, like, and they have one person behind the desk no, back right, there. Yeah. That's what I'm imagining is like, well, the just one person behind the desk of like the revolving door room. And it's like, hey, I need to lock up this new prophecy <laughs> right yeah. it's like all right well let's there's like a concierge of the yeah. department of mysteries or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it must there must be something like that there has to be yeah otherwise it would be too random what other there aren't that many jobs in the ministry i feel like and there are no laws for all the jobs that there are <laughs> yeah, there, i keep bringing that the up. one thing that we know is that there are no laws yeah Except for when we need them for the story. <laughs> right. I also felt like Lucius Malfoy was the the actual bad Malfoy, you know, in, in this one. Like the actual... Oh, yeah. He's yeah, our villain this yeah. time. And the and, whenever... Because I think like maybe like the first week we were talking about it and I was talking about how I forgot like how pointless Malfoy kind of is for the last couple of books compared to how like I was expecting him to be you know like in yeah. the first two books where you know the, the first book he's like literally pitted against harry as the rival and then the second book he becomes a raging racist yeah <laughs> and so it's like okay so this is going to be the bad guy right but then in three and four he basically doesn't matter and then in five he again kind of doesn't matter but then you were saying but he becomes part of the inquisitorial squad and i was like oh yeah that's right i'll look out for that so does he matter no nope. it's <laughs> like it's like his uh his girlfriend matters more um, yeah pansy is way you. more in this in the story than he is for some reason yeah she's like the one that's conducting weasley as our king she's the one that she's the one like facilitating all the evil yeah <laughs> all she's of the Draco's. instigator of like so much of the slytherin like you know you know the conflict and i don't even think that she becomes his like wife in the later like in the cursed child or whatever and it's that's why yeah it's she's just definitely like, that the one that canon. we expect to be with him yeah. and then in, in the coming book isn't there like don't they have like a fight on a train or something like that like going to hogwarts doesn't harry like hide above the, the in the store carriage or whatever mm -hmm. that does and happen doesn't he like isn't draco like laying his head in her lap or something like that yeah she's like so like they're him. evidently dating mm -hmm. or Banging. he's evidently like stringing her along and taking advantage of her because that is definitely something he would do <laughs> yeah uh but then, but then, yeah, that's not his wife in the cursed child. Come on, yeah. Don't we get? Don't we in the in the flash forward? Don't we see who his wife is? I can't remember. <sighs> that's a great. At the end point. of seven, we'll get there. Obviously, yeah. but I think that I think that they name her. I can't remember. Mm. It's it's now. I'm be. gonna go check. Like I'm yeah, gonna go open the seventh book. I'm gonna go to it after this. The, but the hmm, after yeah. the afterward. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say the the opposite of the forward. Hmm. Okay, so we also learn in this one, just like Dumbledore's plan, like he's he's been having this master plan yeah. the whole time. Yeah, we first see that he's really been pulling strings for a long time. Mm -hmm. We were sort of, the, the door is now being opened into the labyrinth of Dumbledore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which we would dive into in the coming book. I also acknowledged a little point when he was saying... um that he was putting Harry's happiness above 
his knowledge of like what was going on. Like, yeah, above the consequences, like he didn't care. And, and the way he was saying it was like, almost like he used to care about Harry's happiness more. And now he doesn't, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, you could definitely interpret it that way. Yeah, you can, basically is the other side of the statement that he's making, you know? Yeah. And Which it, is that I decided, oh, that's right, we have a plan. This is what is going to be necessary for the world to progress. Yes. And it's and it's but literally- But the same, the, the same part of that statement is exactly that is like, and so I don't care about your happiness mm-hmm. as much as I did. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it's just me like- retroactively obviously like using all of my not harry potter knowledge like mm, right and then going d- deep dive onto reddit like we talked about i think last week just how dumbledore is constantly called like a like kind of a like a bad guy like a manipulated yeah. manipulative bad person you know and yeah he's the only the only place that a person like that can be called a hero is mm-hmm. in a story <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know if somebody were doing that in real life, the you know that would that then that real life person then becomes the antagonist of a fictional movie, you yeah. know. <laughs> and you don't get to you don't get to make amends in like purgatory where Dumbledore sort of does make his amends to Harry, you know, in in the seventh book. Well, well, well even we'll that that's there. a construct of Harry's mind, though, isn't it? Like that's not actually Dumbledore's like spirit. Uh, you got me. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. I just assumed his spirit. That's was like, like Harry allowing himself to forgive Dumbledore by providing this opportunity because he wants it to be a situation in which he can forgive Dumbledore. <laughs> dude, you just, There's a lot happening there. You got it, dude. You blew my mind right there because like, it's a big deal too, like forgiving somebody that, that wronged you. Like manipulated your entire existence up until this point. Yeah. And even past this point because even like exiting you know, the death realm of whatever yeah. Harry's doing, he then still has to go on and continue to do things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the fight's not over at that point. Yeah. And Dumbledore thought it could be. Damn. We're not even there yet, and you're blowing my mind. <laughs> it gets so complicated. Uh, uh, what else do I have? I like the little stone, the no. stepping stones we're getting to, like, the final big mm-hmm. overall plot through. Yeah. It makes me feel like she did have this overarching plot. It's just God, I wish I guess I just wish I knew like how much she had being able to have mm-hmm. like a, a timeline of production. Yeah, like how really much did she know the whole time? Did she know yeah. the whole story the whole time? There's no way she knew seven these There's seven no, books yeah. worth of you know, like I'm time. sure some of the characters I think that she was grew. pretty positive of and I think I mentioned this when we were talking about Goblet, but I, I I I would bet that she knew what the greater story was going to be mm-hmm. by the time she was done with her first draft of Goblet. Okay, that makes sense because it feels like she was starting to plan at least those books to be that way. I see what you, you see exactly what you're saying because she was finally like at that point. I would. I mean, I'd have to look up numbers and stuff like that. But I would. I think at that point, it, the series was popular enough that now the deal is in place for the series to be done. Mm-hmm. You know, 
And so now she's like, okay, now I can write long because comp- Goblet obviously immediately becomes like two and a half times the size of yeah. Azkaban mm-hmm. uh, and it immensely more complicated, like I said, and still stand by as an individual story. It's the most complicated one. And, okay. and so like, you know, she's able to just blow up the world. Right. Mm-hmm. So she's like, okay, so let's let's do this thing and then see where I can then take that moving forward with yeah. the pieces that I have. Mm-hmm. And so I think that by the time she like had the first draft of Goblet done, she was like, all right, I know what we're doing. She had, Yeah, she had the outline for everything. Yeah. That makes sense. Because she just has to sprinkle it in a little bit throughout, you know, and mm-hmm. then just bring it all together at the end. Yeah. The last one. Yeah, it's kind of interesting too because we were talking about like the length of the next book and... And it is shorter than this one. Like, About 250 pages. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why she made... I mean, did she... Do you think she had, like, a lot of setup in this one? Like, I wonder... Because it doesn't... It yeah. doesn't feel like it drags on, I guess, to me. But, like, it is, the, like, the least positive yeah. book. Like, it's the least feel-good, you know? it's the. I think that the, the implications of Half-Blood Prince are substantially larger than Order of the Phoenix as well. Mm-hmm. Because really the only the the conflict of War of the Phoenix is that the world doesn't believe Harry and Dumbledore. Right. And it is resolved by the world believing Harry and Dumbledore. Like yeah. <laughs> that's all that really from like the the greater arch of this series is concerned. That's all that happens in this mm-hmm. book. A couple of other things that are important happen, obviously, like Sirius dies and blah blah blah. But as far as the through line that's happening in the entire series, that's what happens in this book. World believes, doesn't believe, now does believe. Mm-hmm what everything that happens in half-blood prince is substantially more important yeah. than the extreme majority of what happens in this book and yet it's 250 pages shorter and if that's just what it took to write the story that's what it takes to write the story right but it is interesting like you were saying to see that it's so much shorter than this one but yeah. comparatively i don't think that the math the 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 you know the the result of the math doesn't make sense to me <laughs> yeah well every time we got together to talk about this book. I feel like we were always surprised as to how much happened in between, like how much happened before they actually went to the, the, uh, the, the ministry thank the, you, the, yeah. The in there. Yeah. Yeah. Because like him and Cho fully break up, like we, we haven't even talked about that yet. Like it's yeah. just, and I realized how much, uh, and we uh, can, immediately get back to what you're talking about but no, just, to, yeah. just to break in for half a second i realized uh after uh recording last week what a shame that is because i love cho <laughs> yeah that that and had a lot of potential that always really bummed me out was that that was over yeah and the but, fact is she kind of makes cho suck as like a character a little bit too. i like, feel like she's, she's so a little cool hard right by. yeah and then like she has to i get that she's got to stand up for her friend marietta and I get that Harry yeah. doesn't want to accept that because of what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can get why they would fight about that. But they, I, I agree. I think that Cho as a character kind of gets hard done by. And then she's like, you know, immediately like dating Jenny's uh, ex, Michael Cormac, mm-hmm. Cormac or whatever his name is or whatever. And, and they also kind of make it seem like Cho is secretly still into Harry the whole time. And it's yeah. like, no, she's not. <laughs> like, right. or, she, or they would have f- figured it out. Like, Yeah, that's like a through line of the coming book is that they keep doing that, right? Or, yeah, well, and uh, like Jenny's jealous of like Cho, like in the last one, like she she has to like, you know, put herself in between like Cho and Harry. Cause she's like, I'll show you, uh, 
like to the ghost of Ravenclaw so you can figure out the last Horcrux. And, and Ginny's like, no, I think Luna can do that. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, it's just, it's weird that I guess they're making it out like Cho still has feelings for Harry when they went on one date. Like, I don't know. Right. Yeah, it's There was a lot of potential with Cho, I wish Cho, there could have like. been so much more with Cho. Yeah, but then the book would have been another 100 pages or 200 pages. Might well, have even if they, it, but... they could have been together next book, you know? We don't need another 100 pages of this one, but we could have 100 pages next book. <laughs> but, but how in, yeah, yeah, because Jenny's dating oh. other people in the next book, too. Yeah, they don't get together right away. Yeah. It takes them almost too long like the whole book yeah like the whole book because like certain i guess and maybe this is from the perspective of having read it several times mm-hmm. but once you know that we're done with cho as a series we're like okay so we're, that means that now we're on to Ginny, right because that's the next girlfriend we already <laughs> start feeling it in this one i feel like because just like yeah i don't know i i i think all of the interactions with Ginny are extra positive and like extra mm-hmm. good and um, I'm trying to think of the specific moment that made me think in this section that like Harry's starting to get catch feelings. I feel like it was when Jenny like said, when you have Fred and George's like older brothers, you sort of feel like anything is possible. Like mm-hmm. when she was there. Oh, they're in the library together. Yeah. yeah. That, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's the moment. And I just, I felt like that was when the. I think that. That probably is designed to a, a, to some degree, mm-hmm. and maybe not like extremely, but I, because I agree, I think that, and I had mentioned it, I think in the first episode of this series, uh, that this is the book where we sort of start to see that relationship, um, maybe not like beginning, but we can see that like Jenny's feelings for Harry like really matter to her, mm-hmm. even though like in the book we know she's dating Michael McCormick or whatever, mm-hmm. but. Like, because she's able to say, okay, well, I'm not going to be able to date Harry right now. Like, obviously, he's not into me. Whatever her, you know, reasoning is, she knows that she accepts it. And so that's why she's, like, able to start talking to him, yeah. <laughs> for one. And so that's, I think, that's why we see Jenny more frequently, mm-hmm. is because she's gotten past the stage of being, like, little girl with, like, a huge crush on an older boy. Yeah. And being, like, an adult about it and be like, I've got feelings for him. He's really important to me, but it's not going to happen right now, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So now we can just, you know, develop a relationship. Mm-hmm. I think that that's kind of what's happening. And uh, maybe that's a little bit uh, too skillfully natural <laughs> uh, yeah. to actually be what's going on. But it ends up being that way, even if it wasn't intended that way. Right, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I, I I had never tried to think of the birth of their relationship until we were talking about it for the podcast, and then mm-hmm. I, I think it did happen in this section, and it for sure happens in the next book. But you know, we're not there yeah. yet. So yeah, it's it's a shame that show doesn't get to pan out. Yeah, I like how much Harry hates creature too right now, and the fact that he become like he does a complete 360 later. Just because yeah. Harry's like Harry's respect for like he he like I, I I think they I guess maybe the reason I like it is they sort of show Harry um, transcending like the the generation of like you know being disrespectful to house elves or whatever mm-hmm, like it shows right. him like moving on and like growing up like he grows right. up so much faster than everybody and. 
and they're they're big moments. I feel like, and and for me, a big moment was when he accepts creature in, in a couple books, and and right now right. just seeing him hate him so much, it's like I, I guess I'm anticipating the moment when he like does a turnaround and mm-hmm. and is yeah. like, no, I need to do this whether whether I want to or not. You know. Yeah, he also has a lot of sort of just unfounded rage against creature mm-hmm. and against basically everybody that's involved in the uh instance of Sirius dying. Yeah. He because it's almost certainly 100% his own fault. <laughs> yeah. And so to cope with that, he is just angry at everybody else involved mm-hmm. about it and trying to figure out, you know, why it doesn't have to be him that he blames. Yeah. No, but he yeah. knows that he's doing that because he blames himself. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, just one of those like, you know, cyclical rage things. Yeah. No, uh, I, that must be why I like it so much. Cause it's, it's him growing beyond his own, his own predisposition mm-hmm. to like hate for his own, but it's his own fault. So like he, right. Yeah. No, that's, it's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, a, a good moment that does mm-hmm. happen when we get there uh, to it. The, and I don't even think it's like blown up as a big moment. I think it's just a big moment just because we know. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. There's just so many things about house elves I don't get. <laughs> about what? House elves. Oh. I just, because I was thinking about things about creature and it just goes back to what we now ever since the inception of spew go back to every single week. What is the rules of house elves? Why does any of this make any sense? <laughs> yeah. Is there magic better than there's wizard magic? And that actually kind of perfectly blends into the, uh, the only other note that I have is there's a bit where Dumbledore is explaining creature mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah and how it works. And when he's talking about how creature has to listen to Sirius and so forth, he says, uh, the only part of the quote that I wrote down was the enchantments of his kind. And so does that mean, is that like a natural enchantment? Is that a part of his species inherently like we, you know, supposed mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago? Or have they actually as a species been magically subjugated with an enchantment? Ooh. Yeah, you can interpret that interpret that both ways, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that, but that's the phrase that Dumbledore uses: the enchantments of his kind. Yeah, but then it also says of his kind, yeah, not that makes on me, his kind. That makes me think that it was. So, if we were to continue to you know project insane genius upon Dumbledore and somebody who never uses the wrong word, mm-hmm. <laughs> then saying of instead of on mm-hmm. would imply that it is just a part of their natural being. Right. But God, that's obviously just reading into a, a, a statement. <laughs> you know? No, I mean, it must that, be. But it's such a weirdly handled subject throughout this series. Yeah, slavery is cool. Yeah, <laughs> apparently. right. No laws, animal cruelty, good. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> There's laws, so many animal weird things cruelty, in the slavery. series that are handled in a bizarre fashion that I would like to be able to figure out <laughs> a little bit more appropriately. Yeah. Yeah, J.K. Rowling. She's crazy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it is just a children's series. And yeah. really and truly, a lot of it doesn't have to make any sense for that sheer fact. Yeah. And I mean, we're picking holes into it too. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, so that's all. I mean, I know we say that all the time, but right. 
I mean, that is sort of the, point. the the crux of the podcast is yeah. that we are analyzing yeah, and for discussing. Sure. <laughs> it's fun though. I mean, and as far as like a book, we haven't poked many holes. Like as far as like the actual through plot, like we haven't. There's been like a, a small I wonder handful we, of things. Yeah, I wonder if but, we uh, quantified all of our small things, if then we'd be like, ah, I see how they made us forget, <laughs> or you know what I mean? Like right. how you can have one little thing go on and on and uh, just build your build the basis, like how flat earthers get you, you know, like they'll say one <laughs> thing that's, that's kind of right, and right. then you don't you don't check it out and then but like all of it's based on that right <laughs> so it's like if you debunk that one thing then you're like oh this is all bullshit right um it's the linchpin yeah everything falls apart <laughs> with it. yeah i wonder if there is like a big linchpin or whatever in this because like it is all built on the other ones and i don't i mean i do consider the other books obviously but like I don't consider them so much that I'm like throwing it all out. Like now it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like I just right. let it keep going. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Never... Cause we've poked big holes into it, but nothing that's, but I always say like nothing that makes the series ruined. I mean, I think yeah. we've poked holes in it that I probably never might end, have ruined yeah. the series, but <laughs> I, yeah, I've never suddenly been like, well now I just can't buy into the rest of the series. Yeah. That doesn't, that's not happening. Yeah. yeah. There's definitely holes that we found, and the the flu network in Hogwarts thing is pretty gaping. Yeah, that's pretty wild. But... <laughs> now that we think about it's it, the, and it's something that's now happened for two books. Well, yeah, and, and I mean, yeah, I, yeah, no, maybe just two books. Because no, no, no just... because Harry even does it when Lupin is uh, is teacher because Lupin's face pops up in Snape's fireplace or whatever. Because he's like Lupin, and he calls him, and then Lupin shows like Lupin takes the flu network from his office to Snape's. I just to go it, get at like that the, time I interpreted it as like it's a an Hogwarts network of flu. Power. Yeah, an intra flu it's, network. That's how I saw it at the time. Yeah. Um, now that since books four and five, Sirius is just accessing it from some random witch's mm-hmm. house, and then from Grimmauld Place, I'm like, okay. Maybe that's not what it was in three. How can the ministry right. not just flu network to Grimmauld Place now? Right, like now that he's tapped it into the flu network, yeah, it's access to. Are they able to? We see Grimmauld Place go. Find the trace of something that was once connected to the network, and they know that he owns the house. Right. So they, dude, are if, there bills of ownership in the in the Wizarding World? Like, do you have on file with the ministry your? Tax returns for your property and <laughs> does all that exist? No. <laughs> does the ministry know that the Black family owns Number Twelve Grimald Place, or then whenever oh, it becomes whoa. a secret place that only and Dumbledore becomes secret keeper for that must it, be it. it, does then the entry for Number Twelve Grimald Place in the Black family leave the Ministry of Magic's records? Because that sounds like a gaping hole in law. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it also seems like they could have. I don't feel like paying taxes this year. I need a secret there. keeper for my property. <laughs> yeah, seems like they could have just tried using an owl every week. Like, go to Sirius Black, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, because yeah, like, there's also that. Yeah. <laughs> like you were talking about that in in last book. Yeah, where I was like, why don't they just find the owls that are going to Sirius? Yeah, if they can intercept them and then recon their their 
like their messages or whatever like right how can they not follow the owl do you have to write to the post because there's also a post office in hogsmeade oh shit you're right how does that function it doesn't seem like you need a post office you don't unless you don't own an owl Mm. and so i guess you might have to go to the post office and that's the only wizarding village in britain that we know of yeah so i guess it would make sense for there to be a post office if the whole village because then as the village you don't need to have an owl there's a post office in your village but I, I, it still is all pretty vague yeah <laughs> there's not really anything that's ever explained and like how does filch catch hedwig to check all of harry's mail doesn't she just fly out in the open and then in through the windows of the great hall <laughs> Yeah, it seems is like he just it, standing on top of the Great Hall waiting to like catch her? But he's a squib; he can't cast spells. Yeah, it seems like he must not. I'm have throwing been my one. hands up for those. Oh, at home. he's he's <laughs> yeah. Um, it's uh, his cat. His cat, Mrs. Caught. Norris. Yeah, Mrs. Norris is the one that bounced on the owl. She's just standing on the roof of the Great Hall and then just launches <laughs> into Hedwig. They're <laughs> just standing on the grounds waiting for them to fall from a hundred feet up. Well, supposedly Mrs. Norris is a is a measle or whatever, like uh, like Crookshanks. And oh, he- that's right. We learned that at some point. I forgot about that. I don't know if that's like just fan theory, but like I'm pretty sure that also. Oh, is that? A- I feel like I remember knowing that, but is that not actually in the books? I don't know. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I remember reading that, like, that's why they have this connection. Mrs. Norris is like a Neasel, and then we learn about Neasels from, uh, I don't know oh. when we learn about Neasels, but, like, I, I think that we assume that Crookshanks is part Neasel, and then also I think that Harry's neighbor that's a squib in... Uh, oh, what? yeah, what's her name? Mrs. Fig. Yeah, she breeds measles, apparently. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's why she has all the cats, I guess. Like, okay. I don't know. I, I don't, I, I seem to remember They're like cool reading cats, about right? it. Yeah, I They're remember. They're like wear cats in the inheritance cycle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, those are so cool in that book, too. Yeah, Solenbum and What's-Her-Name are awesome. Yeah. They're my favorite characters of that series, I think, actually, maybe. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty. The more I think about it. Yeah, they're badass, actually, now that we're talking about them. Hmm. All right. Well, I mean, I don't know what else to talk about for this one. Yeah. I think that's about it. Yeah. I mean, we're just like set up for the next one. Like it, maybe that's why this one drags on. Cause it's just, just like super set up. Yeah. Cause as much as like Goblet of Fire is sort of the beginning of everything, mm-hmm. right? It also <laughs> isn't because the, yeah. the catalyst of Voldemort coming back is in the last five chapters. Right. Or so, maybe even less, and so like so most of it doesn't matter. Yeah, the setup actually still has to happen. Yeah, <laughs> and so that's what this book the, is here to do. Yeah, and also to bum us out eternally. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, really can't get behind Sirius dying. I don't understand the necessity for it, and I don't know why it happens. Because Sirius can't help them out in the seventh book. I guess <laughs> <laughs> that's the only thing I can think of. <laughs> It just seems so unnecessary to me. Yeah. It's, it's just hurt Harry, kick him while he's down. It's just so unnecessarily tragic mm-hmm. to just take the final piece of Harry's family away from him. <sighs> yeah. And then and then also on Sirius's side that he, you know, has to lose everything that he ever loved, spend thirteen, fourteen, whatever, twelve years, I can't remember, yeah, in Azkaban. Too many. 
and then have like a year and a half out. Yeah. And then die. Some of it, which is like, you know, the quote unquote freedom mm-hmm. of him living in caves with Buckbeak. Yeah. On and the then run. he spends uh, the greater part of a year locked up in the house that he hates more than anything else ever. Yeah. And I mean, we learn how fun it is to be on the run in the seventh book. Like, and they have a tent that's basically a traveling yeah. apartment. You know, yeah, like, they've got their tent from the World Cup or whatever. I don't think it's that tent literally, but it's, it's basically it's the one that that the girls use. Oh, it could, yeah, because isn't or aren't both like tents cats. borrowed from? Like, they're not the Weasleys' tents. Arthur right. borrows them from somebody. Yeah, I want to say that old Archie Bunker or whatever who they got it from like can't use it anymore so like they just gave it to him and then maybe yeah that makes sense yeah and then Hermione takes it right but yeah I just I really can't get behind Sirius dying still after all this time I can't find enough good reasons for that to exist in this story like I could see him maybe dying in the Battle of Hogwarts like basically everybody else but even then I'd be like I mean but that just sort of seems like you're just adding to the kill count. <laughs> yeah. I just don't understand it. He could be so, it would be so interesting to see what he could bring to the rest of the series for him to be available for, uh, you know, reference in this coming book when Harry's starting to take on like really serious adult responsibilities and, mm-hmm. you know, you know, we partner up with Dumbledore a lot and, you know, start going on like, ex- like really big adventure and you know world changing events mm-hmm. and for him to be able to consult with Sirius about it here and there would be extremely interesting and beneficial yeah. in a lot of ways um and i guess you could argue that maybe not having a resource like that allows harry to become stronger and grow <laughs> and blah 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 yeah and, you know all the you know storybook cliches but i don't know i just i can't get behind Sirius dying <laughs> yeah i guess it's just yeah, it must just be like a more dramatic plot device to make Harry have to grow. I mean, that must yeah. be all it is. You're right. I mean, because it would be so much fun. To, you're you're right. It would be so much fun to get more serious and see like. Because he would still have to be a a fugitive until everything settles down and then things can be proven. Yeah, they haven't. Because nobody's going to want to have a trial to redeem Sirius in the middle of fighting Voldemort, you know? So it's still going to be a situation where, like, he has to be in hiding Mm -hmm. until all hell breaks loose in the seventh book, and then it doesn't really matter. That's why she killed him. He's a pain in the ass to write. (laughs) Maybe. Too many loopholes. She's like, I can't figure this out. Let's just kill him. (laughs) But it is just, I don't know. I'll never understand it. Yeah, and Hagrid... You'd think Hagrid would be a character she would tear away from us, but Hagrid, Hagrid. Because as much as we love him, he's pretty inconsequential most of the time. Yeah, so you'd think that she could just tear him away and like kill him, and then we'd all cry. But like, nope, right. Hagrid makes it. Yeah, if we're killing Sirius because we need a reason to be sad, then other you, characters you can serve that purpose Hagrid, a little yeah. bit more, you know, deathly. And then we don't have to worry about the continued issue of him being a bad teacher. <laughs> yeah. And, and nobody his, helping him. And hurting his feelings next year by not taking his class. That was her being lazy and not wanting to write more magical creatures. She it for sure be. that's why there's not two hundred more pages in this book, because yeah. we learn about like the the 
Jesus Christ, I can't even remember their names. But we learn about like the 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 tree things, the the the, the guys that hang out in the oh in, the bow truckles. Thank you. That we learn about bow truckles and like um, the bow truckles show up a lot in this book. Yeah, <laughs> for being something that never matters. Yeah, <laughs> they keep showing up. They're in the glade after they deal with the centaurs and crop. <laughs> We should make some wands and freaking broomsticks out of those trees. Right? Yeah. A lot of stuff in the Forbidden Forest is just untapped potential. Just like the Alaskan glaciers. Well. So much oil in those national parks. (laughs) (laughs) It's the exact same. Uh, Damn you, Theodore Roosevelt. So much potential, man. You're right. The Forbidden Forest. Yeah. An untapped well. So much money to be made. And it's like, it's seemingly endless forested, (laughs) you know, like it doesn't seem like there's ever an end. (laughs) Hogwarts is both the biggest place on earth and not at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. And what (laughs) happened to the car? Did it just run out of juice? You would think that it had run out of gas during the year at Hogwarts. (laughs) Yeah. It must have run out of magic. (laughs) But then it comes and saves them at the end of that year, you know? But it doesn't come back. So it must have ran out of magic after that. Yeah, I guess that's true. Like, how long does it take for magic to wear out? It comes back for the Battle of Hogwarts. (laughs) Me, me. (laughs) Just like (laughs) runs into Death Eaters. Right. That would have been funny. (laughs) But not cool. (laughs) Right. That would be... It would be interesting to see how that would be attempted. Like, right. how does that work its way in and not make everybody go shut up? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the car is on Hogwarts' team. Right. <laughs> Let's just have a fleet of cars then. Like, why are we fighting ourselves? Right. That's, that's the wizarding arms race. Just <laughs> enchanting vehicles and things like Taking that. Taking over muggles shit, right. like tanks and stuff. That would be fucking crazy. <laughs> God, yeah, be outrageous. And also, how does how do how do none of them think of that ever? Yeah. Oh, like surely people in the ministry must know that Muggles have tanks and Protego. bombers and battleships. Like, enchant one of those and Protego. be able to use it. Protego. I guess the working of like keeping a a magical battleship under wraps would be a real pain in the ass. <laughs> but you'd think it wouldn't. They have a whole castle. You know, like, they could just put it in the freaking Great Lake. Just put their new battle, put, like, a fleet of battleships. Give them to the merpeople. (laughs) Give them to the merpeople. Give them all submarines. Right. Give them all submarines. There's a... Militarize the merpeople. in, in, In Star Trek Enterprise, I think. So it's like the... The f- the remake of like the OG Star Trek or whatever, but yeah, like it's, but it was way later like than yeah, it came out way after Star Trek. But they they had like a collaborative <clears throat> excuse me, like <laughs> a collaborative meeting of like all of the all of the alien great mind species or whatever, and okay. one of them was like whale people, <laughs> and like <laughs> I'm pretty sure like their submarine or whatever was like full of water. And they were like talking to him, like, like through their, through their, sorry, through their like mental electro frequencies or whatever. And it was just, they obviously have like a translator for all the different races or whatever. But that would be interesting to like have the mer people matter a little more. But I mean, you can't really. Right. How do you implement them though? Right. Or they just <laughs> flop around. Because this is still, cause, you know, even. 
with magic and knowledge of the non-magical world, there's still no technology in the wizarding world at all. They just like outright refuse it. Yeah. They like refuse to implement any of it in any way. <laughs> yeah. And it like doesn't work around magic. In most of the places. Yeah. Yeah. Like Harry's watch just stops working. Like his right. digital watch or whatever it is. Like yeah. it just quits working. Well, maybe it didn't. Maybe it quit working after he... I feel like he broke it. But they it. have gas lamps at Grimwald Place. And obviously, they're rich folk. So it, I can see why they would maybe implement that. Mm-hmm. But that requires piping in the walls and the the way that you know gas valves work and all that sort of stuff. And that's all stuff that would just be, just be enchanted Magic, in the wizarding yeah. world. You know, that's just a lamp that you just say light yeah. <laughs> yeah whatever the spell is to turn your gas lamp on in the foyer mm-hmm. <laughs> uh but they uh, or and, and i think that they literally just describe it whenever harry first arrives at grimmel place as old style gas lamps but i took that to be that there was actually like a gas light system in this house how shitty is the lighting in that house too oh god yeah it's like they but I think that they keep it as dim as possible because they don't want to wake uh, serious oh, the paintings. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah, it's like they—it's always serious mother that screams the loudest. But they do literally say they don't want to wake any of the other inhabitants as well. Mm. Oh yeah, because yeah, they're clearing it. So out. I think that's why they keep it so dark. Is they don't want to take any chance of having you know anything. That house feels huge too. It's like eight stories, Whoa. or something like that. Like it's several floors. Yeah. Like multiple, multiple. I guess it's supposed to be like the entire flat, right? So the place that they live in, or not flat, but the entire, you know, building of flats, I mm-hmm. guess is what it is, as opposed to the neighbors where, you know, there's several families, each one renting an individual flat mm-hmm. of that building. Yeah, I always imagined it to have like three stories and like eight to 12 rooms but it doesn't make sense that they would still need to be clearing out i guess i guess if it yeah, has because like a lot the of drawing room shit. that they have the bogart in is like on the fourth floor or something like that yeah and so there's just like drawing rooms on random floors and probably a library on the fifth or something you know this it's just like a bizarre like rich person place <laughs> yeah where they just have fancy shit rooms in different places yeah the library is just full of like muggle books though that's why hermione doesn't go <laughs> <laughs> the yeah grimmel place is a really interesting uh location that i would have loved to see fleshed out in some way yeah if they were able to you know actually turn it around and make it a more enjoyable place to be yeah the only way we kind of flesh it out is creature Right, yeah. And that makes it go more back and feel like a home. Yeah. But like they're all sleeping in the living bit. room together, like in, in the, Yeah, so because, they're not they're not like But I think that's because they're you know, they know that they have to be able to move at any second. Together. And so yeah. they need to be because only Hermione's able to like really apparate successfully and isn't that what it is? Like they always have her perform the apparition or something like that. It feels like she's the one making the the quickest decisions like this yeah because she's got it all planned out like, like they she's all got the, their exams for apparition in this yeah. coming book but ron's the one that has a little bit of trouble i, I don't feel yeah. like harry ever has any issues with apparition but he just doesn't like it yeah so maybe yeah. and hermione's the best at magic so like they right. just let her do it i guess yeah ron just like sucks at magic in 20 years <laughs> like he's never done a spell <laughs> around the house right poor ron <laughs> well just like he's like why would i do it hermione does it three times better than me at least right 
Fred and George being in this book is kind of odd to me when I think about it. Okay. Because they already have admitted that they don't care about getting newts. So why'd they even come back to school this year? They have to. But they're not of age. No, they become of they age pretty of age. quick, though. Yeah, yeah they're they of they age during the summer because they're casting spells to oh, do to, shit to to make their mom happy. Yeah, they're doing it for their mom. I guess so. Literally, I think that's why because they they can't leave yet. They made a disgrace. But they already have the money. Like they're already working on getting premises, and they have premises they must- before they quit because that's part of them quitting. Is that on their way out? They're like. If y'all want any of the stuff that we've been throwing around since before we, you know, so for the past week or so, find us at this location yeah. that we have now. Adver- so they've already got, not that they don't have that during the summer, obviously, but they're already working on it. Like They're doing it for the ads, bro. I guess so. And they, I guess they do say that they wanted to spend that final year, like, you know, learning from their audience or not their audience, but, you know, their customers mm-hmm. prospectively. Uh, so I okay yeah you know I, now that I've you know talked research. about it I figured it out but I do sort of that then does also ask the question that I think we've asked before is there tuition for Hogwarts <laughs> so are they costing their family money by going to this final year yeah I mean buying and all not those like books careless of their family situation like they like the rest of the children are very sensitive to it and wouldn't yeah. do that for no reason. I don't think, or not no reason, but I don't think that they would use that to their advantage like this. They must be taking less classes because they only got three OWLs apiece. <laughs> so they're only taking three classes. But they still have to pay for room and board. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they probably don't have to pay for that. They just have to pay for their books, right? Well, if there's tuition for uh, Hogwarts, yeah, they absolutely I, have to pay for room and board. And yeah. I don't think that there's a class count fee. I think that you just pay no. like, a, I think it's just a flat fee for every student for Hogwarts tuition if there is tuition. Uh, yeah, that can't be. But how does but Hogwarts make a, any money? If it's a public school, then, then the ministry must have control over it. <laughs> We're getting right? back into I the know. weeds here, but. There are no laws. There's a lot of. Uh, possible things that don't make a lot of sense about the uh, structure of the entire government yeah, but again it's they, a children's book well, so <laughs> and how do they pay everybody how does hogwarts make yeah. any money it's either tuition or it's a public school and that's how i mean that's the only way that schools possibly work in the real world mm-hmm. because you know the teachers get paid they yeah. have a salary Dumbledore implements that salary. He talks about giving Trelawney a raise. And he can pay <laughs> Dobby. Like, yeah. yeah. He's in charge of paying all the staffing. How does I, Fitch I always, still still have a job is another question I always have. <laughs> yeah, I always kind of imagined that like Hogwarts just made money from like... Just donations? Well, that makes sense. I just... <laughs> that's probably it. I was thinking like... Like uh, the greenhouse, <laughs> like sold a lot of crazy plants. Oh, like they and, sell like, product. Of, uh, yeah, that would make sense. I could buy that too. Because like they have the kids working on stuff all the time. So like just sell it. <laughs> right. Um, potions. <laughs> they're just selling mass potions. <laughs> right. That's no, what we find I can't out. imagine that's actually how they're making any money. But dude, yeah, it must be donations and like. The ministry just gives them money and has no jurisdiction. Like it, and then they do in this book. It's so weird. These these are the plot holes. Yeah, the laws. There is there is no law. There is no <laughs> tangible governmental system or economy in the wizarding world. <laughs> yeah. 
But anyway. Yeah, that's uh, it for Order of the Phoenix. Yeah. We got through it, everybody. We did it. Yeah, we did it. And it was the most fun. And we don't have to do it again until the next time that you decide to go through the series. And even then, if you want to, you you could maybe skip it if you wanted to. Just listen to these podcasts. Yeah. Just listen to four-ish hours worth of us talking about it <laughs> yeah that's just that's better because we we hit all the nitty-gritties right yeah uh, next up is the one of the two books that is my favorite yeah we'll like, find out back too. and forth between four and six yeah yeah this will be the definitive decision yeah which of the two is my favorite i remember whenever i first read this book it literally blew my mind i died when i finished that book you're like, I'm so sad it's over. It was such an insane book to me at the time. I could not fathom what was happening. <laughs> like when every time something was revealed or like the new puzzle started, whatever, I was like, oh, ah, oh, big oh. Deal, I yeah. was so bought in. And it was uh, just so mind blowing to me as a story whenever I first read it, whenever yeah. it came out. I, I don't know if I was like 14 or something like that, 15 maybe. I just remember completely being engrossed in this book and it just you know being so like almost revelatory as far as storytelling goes yeah it's 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 so good yeah i can't wait so we're doing the first 11 chapters right yes one two one through 11 through chapter 11 it's about 230 ish pages i think yeah uh and uh this uh, being shorter, like we've mentioned a couple times throughout this episode, uh, each week's going to be a little bit shorter than the previous one. We're going to be reading about uh, 80 to 90 pages less a week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if uh, you are reading along, then this will be a little bit easier to swallow than this previous book. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, just through 11 um, and uh, watch the movie. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, if actually. If you're sandwiching the book with the movie like I am, um, I'm excited. I'm really excited to watch the movie. Uh, depending on how quickly I get this edited and ready to post in the morning, I might watch it tonight, but Ooh. I might have to watch it tomorrow night. I don't know. Yeah. We'll find out. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, this one's good. Yeah, I need, to, I need to watch the movies. I haven't done any of that. It's fun. It's a good yeah. time. The uh, Some of the more recent ones are in 4K. Ooh. You have a 4K TV. Okay. That's the way that we have them in our Google Play library. I think I have a 4K TV. Nice. So, yeah, 4K Harry Potter. Never you think you that. have a 4K TV? <laughs> I, dude, I don't think I've ever enabled the 4K abilities if it is 4K. <laughs> kind of new. It's pretty new TV. Didn't okay. care. Uh, you guys know how to find us, though. Anchor.fm slash ears dash stamps. And then uh, that's where you can find links to all of our social medias. And that's just the, the best way to find out what we're doing. You know, just go to anchor.fm slash ears dash stamps. Mm-hmm. And that's all of our info. Yeah. And uh, you can also support us directly there. And uh, yeah, tell your friends. Yeah, tell your friends. That's the most helpful thing that could be done at this point in the podcast's existence. <laughs> yeah, tell your friends. Subscribe. Yeah. If we good. ever wanted to grow at all, that's the stage that we're in is tell your friends. Yes. <laughs> we're in the tell your friends stage. That's really the only thing that can be done um, So, if we were wanting to. And I think that it would be interesting to grow the podcast if yeah. it has the legs to grow. Yeah, it'd be Maybe great. what we're doing sucks. I don't know. but <laughs> I don't yeah. think so. No, I think it's that fun. We have, I think that we're doing, we're making a decent product. Uh, but yeah, the the uh, I just wish to impart upon 
the uh, audience that uh, the actual literal most benefit that you could do for the podcast, if you so care, is to tell your friends. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, share it, send it along, and then yeah, every subscribe helps us a lot. So, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll see you all next week. I'm Will Hedrick. I'm Jordan Schaffer. His dog ears and time snaps. This book is purple. Ooh. That's also really cool.